Happy New, New Year. Year! Life group leaders, so grateful for you guys. Really, really looking forward to 2023. And so, welcome to a brand new year and a new season of the Life Group Leader Podcast. New and season, new year. New season, new year. It's kind of both, right? It's a new season and a new year. And we're grateful uh, to be back with you guys. And this tells me that it's the Compass Equip Podcast, but it's not. It's the Life Group Leader. Our notes. Sorry, guys. All right. Here we are. I'm Pastor Hayden. I'm joined with the one, the only, Pastor Evan. Hello there. And here, no, here at our church, the year may have changed, but our mission did not. Ooh. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and trainings. We are about to talk about a standalone sermon. Standalone. I think that maybe a song. A standalone song? I don't know. I don't know what that one means. You have to explain that to me and our life group leaders. <laughs> Moving on. So we have a current series called A Standalone Sermon <laughs> titled New Year's Resolution. And uh, why the name, Pastor Hayden? To be completely honest, uh, as I was preparing the sermon, I that was my... Uh, kind of like, is it Toy Story? There's, there's a there's a cart, there's an animated movie, very popular. And uh, Frozen, I think it's Frozen. Uh, Frozen. It's a popular one. Huh? It's a very popular Yeah, one. so long story really short. Frozen are one of those movies similar to it. They have uh, the, the name that you, they have on the transcript. And they end up changing that name later on to something more intriguing. And Frozen, they just kept the name. They never, they never changed it for some reason. And I always kind of pre-title all of my sermons. Uh, kind of the topic or the, the idea that I'm conveying. And uh, this is one of the ones I just never changed. So that so, was the transcript title, and that's where it stayed. And now, Life Group Leaders, you know how Pastor Hayden chose his sermon title. <laughs> Based on First Timothy 4, 7 through 11, and let me read that to you guys right now. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe, command and teach these things." All right, Pastor Hayden, do you want to talk a little bit about your sermon to us? Yeah, the focus of this sermon, as you heard in the uh, in this morning's preaching, was that this year, 2023, should be the year that we as a church, as, as people, as Christians, we should trade in our short-term, our short-lived resolutions uh, that we would make, our commitments that we'd make in the new year, and instead we should train ourselves for godliness that guarantees benefits for now and for eternity. And so that was my hope in our year of 2023, that our church would grow in holiness uh, as we cooperate, as I said in my sermon, with the Spirit of God in our lives to conform us into the image of Christ. And so I had a couple of uh, teaching points that I hope you guys wrote down, especially as you're about to lead your life group. 
Uh, the first one was get familiar with Scripture. The second was to pursue godliness. And the third was to stay motivated by the end goal. Pastor Evan, do we have any insights or things we'd like to discuss when it comes to these points? Well, I think even before these points, I think it might be helpful for you to recap the definitions that you, at least you gave to the 9 a.m. Yeah. Uh, so that the our life group leaders, that we are prepared to explain to people the differences of the holiness terms that we're using. Right. The first word uh, is godliness, which is interesting because did you know the Greek word for godliness is Eusebia, which is almost like one of the early church fathers named who was Eusebius. He's holy. Isn't that, isn't that great? His name was like godly. Godly? Be His more godly. godly. Be like more anyway, I didn't say that in the sermon, but yeah, Eusebi, Eusebia, Eusebius, one of the church fathers. Godliness. And that's just really what it means is uh, appropriate beliefs and appropriate practice regarding your commitment to God. And I use the synonym of holiness because it's, I think that's one that we need to grasp more when it comes to its use in all of the New Testament because you do see the word holiness much more than the word godliness, which the word holiness is hagios like we talked about. And so really holiness, hagios, means to be set apart, to be distinct, to be set apart for a purpose, not just set apart for no reason. We're not putting ourselves on a shelf waiting for uh, Christ to come back. We're set apart for a purpose here. And uh, within that, I distinguish between two kinds of holiness that I didn't create, that the Bible explicitly communicates uh, when it comes to the ways that we are holy. And the first way is our positional holiness, or you would call it your justification, is another synonym for that. And that's the holiness of Christ, the righteousness of Christ placed onto you. And this alien righteousness finds you righteous before God on the day of judgment. And, and that's really what positional holiness is. And then progressive holiness is the cooperation between a Christian and the Spirit of God that works to conform you into the likeness of Christ as we await his return. And so we have to distinguish those two types of holiness when it comes to the need for us to pursue progressive holiness or progressive sanctification. So those are the, the, some definitions that you'll need to keep in mind as you lead your life group this week. All right. Well, Pastor Hayden... Point number one, as you said, to get familiar with Scripture. And how can we emphasize the point to our life groups? Like, I love the analogy that you gave about you not knowing the terms of, you know, the losing weight you know, terminology. And it's because you're not familiar with it. How mm -hmm. can we convey this to our, our life groups to say, maybe the reason why you feel like so concerned over the Bible or just discontent to where you are in your faith or just your life isn't necessarily going the way that you want. It's because maybe you're not right. familiar with scripture. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's a word that sounds aggressive, uh, but if you look at the definition of it, it really aptly fits into the problem that most people have. And it's called ignorance. You know, they, they have an ignorance of what the Bible actually says. And it comes out in uh, really when Every situation we ask, well, what does the Bible say about that? And we, then we say, I don't know. I don't know what the Bible says about that. Well, that's called an ignorance. Like we're just ignorant of what the Bible teaches. And so we, we need to be familiar with what the Bible teaches so that we can apply it to our life because the Bible is all about the holiness. And it's all about, I mean, I didn't even talk about it in the Old Testament, but what is the whole, whole Old Testament about? God calling a holy people and then calling them to a holy God himself, getting the, giving them a holy land, letting them worship at a holy 
place as holy people. I mean, it's all about holiness, and it doesn't change just because we get into the New Testament. It's all about holiness. And so for us to get familiar with Scripture is really the way that we would begin pursuing godliness. And what would you say the difference is, and for us to be able to see and discern as life group leaders, but also to be able to communicate this to our life group, to the, uh, the discernment between or the differences between someone who has a lot of knowledge of Scripture versus someone who's actually living out Scripture, who's actually being holy. Well, you see it in their life. I mean, you can know a lot about the Bible. I mean, Satan does. Satan quotes Scripture to Jesus, uh, but there's one of those two, Jesus and Satan, who uh, knew Scripture and abided by it. There was one who just knew it. And so yeah, you find out a lot about people's holiness, not by what they know, but how they apply what they do know. And then how, and so then how can we lead our groups to make sure they're not just beginning to become more heady? And maybe that might be the temptation when they hear a sermon like this. Oh, the pastor just wants me to become more head knowledge. I know familiarity is understanding and applying. Sure. And that's why application questions in life groups and Bible teaching churches and community are so important because it doesn't allow you to just know the answer. It requires you to live out in your life the Word of God. And so, I mean, it's honestly, if you're being a diligent leader and you are leading your life group, not just the the discussion, but your people, I mean, you're going to know. I mean, you're going to know whether or not your life group is living out what they're saying, each individual, or if they're just, you know, parroting back biblical phrases and you know, for you, it's just being the kind of life group leader who's willing to, you know, get up and say, hey, you know, I noticed that there's a lot of things that you're saying you know, but are you doing these things? You say you love the Lord, but your heart is far from Him. And hopefully you're not having to deal with that, but you, you will get into situations where you will. And you just got to be willing to be a kind of life group leader who's loving enough to say, hey, I'm noticing the disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing. Well, and then we want them to make sure that they're doing point number two. They're actually pursuing godliness. Right. And I'd love for you to help us as life group leaders be able to help our group apply the four things to do, the plan, prepare, partner up, and persevere. How can we you know, use that well in our life groups this week? Yeah, before I do that, go? yeah, before I do that, I, I want you guys to continue remembering. You, you, you should get away from what our culture has uh, taught as one of their talking points about holiness and doing uh, and living a righteous life as if that's a hindrance or a an unnecessary element of the bible or of christianity uh what you we must look at the godliness that god gives us as the gift and not as the burden and we mean that because when we say well why why am i why am i trying to hold everyone to this standard of righteousness it's because yes it is a standard before god but it is the standard of living a kind of life here that will not leave you with a bag of regrets and and a and a barrel of shame you know and, and if and you got you have to look at it that way because anything less than that we're going to leave our life groups on an island of regret and shame and despair and sin and so we have to be willing to say we got to pursue godliness because what we're trying to do in our pursuit of godliness is to leave sin behind and that is called loving your life group in a way that helps them leave the things that made them uh, experience the guilt and shame that the spirit convicts them of uh, and pursuing godliness is the gift of god to get us out of a life 
of sin and, and on to a pursuit of God. And so the four P's that I gave you guys are plan, prepare, partner up, and persevere. And when it comes to planning, and I, and I gave you guys a lot in the sermon, maybe not as much as I wanted to, but when it, when it comes to planning, we just need to ask ourselves, what does the Bible say is a godly way to handle your blank, your issue? Whatever your issue is, fill in the blank. You have sin, you have a problem, you have proclivities. You need to say, what does the Bible say about that thing? And that's, and that's how you start creating a plan based on whatever your problem is. And when you figure out what the problem is, which no sin has come upon you except for what is common to man, so we all understand there's certain uh, commonalities and familiarities when it comes to all of the sin that we deal with, and we need to create a plan, start thinking about how to combat that situation, how to create a, a kind of plan of action that helps us deal with that area in our life through the work of the Spirit, as I kept saying. Then you need to prepare, and that means to gather the tools and resources necessary to work the plan. You know, if you need uh, some kind of software to help you with your eyes, or as far as if you struggle with lust, or if you struggle with gossip, you know, what are some things that you can, in your life, tools and resources that you can gather to help you work the plan? And then you need to partner up which is all about community. You need accountability. You need encouragement. You need the admonishment, the, the nuthateo, right? That kind of counseling from one another that helps you uh, pursue godliness. You need accountability to help utilize the tools and the plan that you've put in place. And maybe it's tools and plans that other people are helping you put in place. Maybe it's not what you've come up with. Maybe you are talking to other people and they can give you a helpful plan and tools, but you need the community to help continue that. And the last one is just to persevere. You know, you're never going to be perfect. And the lack of perfection in our life does not mitigate the, uh, the command or the expectation of the pursuit of godliness. But it does come with it a real understanding that we need to stay consistent even in spite of that we may fail. And that we will fail. So we need to stay consistent. We need to not let failure derail our pursuit of holiness. We simply need to get up, repent, and continue. And with that, that leads us to point number three. In order for us to persevere, we need to stay motivated by the end goal. And uh, Pastor Aiden, the end goal, what, what is that? I know there's a lot of end goals that culture brings up, but what is the end goal that should make us so motivated that we'll persevere even when it's hard? Yeah, I have down Philippians 3, verse 14. And Paul talks about throughout the, these previous verses, he's not obtained the resurrection of the dead, or and it says there that he's he's not saying he's already perfect in verse 12, but I press on to make it my own what? The faith that he has that promises resurrection that we must live holy and righteous lives and pursue God. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal, which right here, this is the end goal. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So my view and my goal is what lies ahead in the upward call, that I keep my eyes above where God is and not on the things that are below, according to Colossians, right? And I am going to stay motivated by the end goal, and that is that Christ is coming back. I always keep my eyes above the things that are going on here on earth. And uh, in verse 15 of Philippians 3, let those who are mature think this way. I mean, if you're mature, you, you're going to think this way, that I have to live my life 
and be motivated by the end goal, by what is coming. There's nothing wrong with being motivated by what God promises. He promises us peace and eternity. He even promises us rewards. That's why Jesus says, store your treasure in heaven. Like you are actually laying up rewards for yourself in heaven where nothing can destroy them. Fine, be motivated. You ought to be motivated by rewards. I mean, that's why rewards exist, and that's why God gives them. They ought to be a motivating factor in your life. Uh, so allow that to motivate you to what God has promised to those who love him or are called according to his purpose. All right, Pastor. And one more thing on the sermon before we jump into the application questions. Uh, at the 9 a.m., I don't know if you did it at the 11, uh, but you talked about uh, bearing fruit. At, at a, a, you talked about the objection out of John 15 mm-hmm. about abiding in Christ. And so as life group leaders, how can we help our life groups wade through the idea of testing one's faith because there's gonna be a lot of maybe some pushback on that or concerns uh, or questions that you talked about so you know what as life groupers can we have to be prepared to have these conversations to engage you know we're invited we're connected now we're engaging with our life group in this topic yeah i mean go to second corinthians 13 5 and uh, really what we continue doing is, what does the Bible say about this? I mean, how do, how do we help people handle this when people come to object things or to ask questions? We always have to go back to number point number one. What is point number one? We need to be familiar with the scriptures. Okay, so then we ask, okay, okay, I don't, I don't like this whole test yourself. Okay, well, what does the Bible say? Well, go to 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith Test yourself, or do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? That, that's, that's the whole point of testing yourself, to realize that Jesus is in you. Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test, I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. But we pray to God that you may not do wrong, not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. The Paul is talking and saying, you need to examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith, unless you don't realize that you failed the test. The test is, is Christ in you? And you ought to be able to look and say, hey, I don't think I have, I don't think my life reflects the fact that Christ is in me. So 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. let a person examine himself. Well, that's in context of the Lord's Supper. We even have to examine ourselves in the Lord's Supper. The whole Christian faith is about self-examination. Uh, and so if, if our faith is about self-examination, even in the Lord's Supper, which we do on a regular basis, as a part of the, the Christian faith, examine yourself, make sure that you are living a kind of life that is glorifying to God. Even when it comes to our salvation, we ought to examine ourselves to see whether or not that we're in the faith. All right. All right, Pastor Hayden, on the application uh, questions, is there anything as life group leaders that we should definitely get to uh, this week in our life groups? All of them. There you go. There's your answer, <laughs> life group leaders. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely need to, to get to all of them. Uh, I mean, Psalm 119 is great when it talks about the reason why we need to get familiar with Scripture because uh, it teaches you how does a young man keep his way pure, right? How What does the Word of God do when it comes to the holiness that we want to live in? I mean, all these are going to be very helpful. Uh, lead your group in question four to really answer this. How, what plan can they put in place? How can they prepare and partner up and persevere when it comes to holiness? So I, I'd hope you'd take some time in question four, don't just skip over it, really dig, dig in to help people give some practical tools that they can use this year to pursue godliness. All right. Well, Pastor Hayden, is there any resources that you can, that we should have as a life group leaders on our uh, bookshelves or on our Kindle? 
Yeah, I'm reading a book right now, and it is one of the best books, contemporary resources that I've read on holiness, and it's called The Whole in Our Holiness by Kevin DeYoung. We're actually going to recommend it in our bookstore in the next uh, couple of weeks, and man, it is just so good. Talking about this very thing that we talked about today, and uh, and very understandable, very readable, very charitable, uh, and very fair, and it's just so good, and I think that it is... Uh, a good resource for you to recommend to your your life group. Your pastors recommend this book, so uh, we'd love for you to read it so that you can have no conviction about recommending it yourself, but a very good resource. Another resource that I've written down just kind of based on, you know, helping people, you know, plan, prepare, and be accountable and persevere is Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Don Whitney. We've recommended this book several times on the podcast, but it's a good one to have to help people not just develop New Year's resolutions, but to develop good spiritual habits that God is going to use to help them grow in Christ-likeness. And it's going to cover different areas of different spiritual disciplines. So I highly recommend having that on your bookshelf, read it, and even walk, uh, walk it through with people maybe after they go through partners. All right, Pastor Hayden, um, we have a training portion for our life group leaders. What is the update on this section? What we want to do is use this section, obviously, like we, we normally do to train you, but I want to prepare you for what is coming up this year. And so in lieu of a specific life group training uh, during this podcast, I want to remind you of two things. One, the next week we have a life group leader meeting here on campus after the 11 o'clock service, so make sure that you have committed to that. I know it should be on your calendar. We've sent this out a while ago, but we want to have lunch with for you guys, and we want to talk through uh, what we can expect this year as we look in life groups and we look at what God is going to do and hope and expect Him to accomplish this year. We're also, this week, going to send you a link to sign up for Ministry Grid, and Ministry Grid is our church's training platform where we are going to uh, host all of our trainings for our church from now on. And Ministry Grid is a great way for you to access all of the training resources that our church offers uh, and uh, on a place on your phone. And so uh, we really look for this to be a central place where most of our training takes place outside of face-to-face. We're never going to cancel or lessen our face-to-face ministry training, but we want to uh, want to uh, undergird the face-to-face ministry training with regular access for you to look at trainings and, and do some self-paced trainings on your own time, which would be good for your own edification. And so we will send you a link to sign up for Ministry Grid. So please have yourself signed up and have an account created for Ministry Grid by Sunday, because we want to look at it a little bit together, and we want everyone able to access it and to gain uh, access into the training modules that we are going to uh, assign. So make sure, again, that you sign up, create an account for Ministry Good when we send you the link this week. So that is our life group training for the week. All right. Well, life group leaders, we have several announcements to get through. Uh, some of them are very short. One of them being life groups, we're back. They're back. And so make sure you notify, email, text, reach out to your life group people and let them know that life groups are back. Adventure Club is back. They're back. And so is Compass Students. And DBR Reading Plan. Hey, it's is start, back. G- it never 1, left, really. Never, you just start over. <laughs> Genesis 1 and 2, Matthew 1 today. Hey, oh. 
And then also we have Exploring Compass coming up. So let people know in your life group <laughs> or people that visit that January 15th and 22nd, they need to register. But the next round of Exploring Compass is coming. And then uh, what is happening next Sunday? Baptisms, January 8th. Hey, I want you to make sure you take time in your life group to encourage people who have not followed through in Believer's Baptism to sign up this week. We have time to meet with them. We'd love to. We'd love to have them. Excuse me, in our baptistry this Sunday. And so make sure that you take time in your life group to tell people how important it is for them to follow through in believer's baptism, that it is indeed the believer's first obedience. So if they've been a believer for a while and this isn't their first obedience, and how important it is for them to get this in the right order. And for those who have recently been saved, tell, encourage them. Uh, you know, it's, I, I'd hate to, for them to think that we're interviewing them to see if they qualify for baptism. We're, we're interviewing them, and I don't even want to call it an interview. We are meeting with them. We want to have a baptism meeting with them to help them understand the decision that they have professed to make and whether it is a biblical testimony or whether it is not. And really, it's not up to me to determine whether or not someone's saved. It's not up to Pastor Evan. All we want to make sure is, is their testimony a biblical testimony? That really is our whole purpose of having these meetings. And then, if it is a biblical testimony, and at least in as much as we know them, they're bearing fruit, we want to help them understand how to share their testimony in a way that will provide them the greatest opportunity for other people to respond uh, to the gospel and their testimony by turning from sin and trusting in Christ. So that's really what that meeting is. I hate to call it an interview because really this is an opportunity for us to equip people on how to use their testimony as they get ready to follow through in believer's baptism. So have your life group consider whether or not each of them needs to be baptized this week. They can do so at compasshillcountry.org uh, under the Get Involved tab and click Get Baptized, and then they can fill out the form there. And then last two announcements, men's breakfast, January 14th at 9 a.m. And we're going to be talking, believe it or not, about living a holy life. Look at that. (laughs) And then finally, again, life group leaders, we have a meeting next Sunday, 1 p.m. in the Compass Room. We look forward to seeing you guys there. And again, from us to you, happy new year. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Mm